everyone. Um, I hope everyone had a nice Thanksgiving. This is Suzanne, and today I'm going to be talking to you about LAC1 Session 7. And the focus of uh, this session is um, talking to your student about preparing to enroll their panel patient, so Session 7. Um, I know many of you have noticed that the students haven't been there in a long time. Um, they had a two-week anatomy block, and then they had a regular session or week of school, and then they had fall break. So it's been about a month, I think, since they've been there with you. But next week, they're back. And so as we round the bend into the new year, the frequency of these sessions, um, they'll begin to feel more regular that every other week, kind of two sessions per month um, schedule that you are used to, except for March. So just a heads up in March, I think there's only one session. So if you've lost or deleted your session schedule, you can always email Emily Barrio specifically or mdclerkship at tcu.edu to get, um, just to ask her to resend it. Um, other big things are happening next week. So for the School of Medicine, um, if you're a preceptor for phase two family medicine clerkship or internal medicine clerkship, um, Phase two is starting next week. So your phase two student will be joining you as well. And then um, if you have a phase three student returning, um, then um, your phase three student is also starting next week. So it's going to be a busy week for precepting for the School of Medicine. All three phases will be in play. There's been a ton of changes at the School of Medicine. so. You know, as you know, Whitney LaFever moved on um, to uh, Missouri um, in October, and um, the new Family Medicine Clerkship Director is Dr. Jason Magoni, and he's a JPS. He is a sports medicine extraordinaire, trained at JPS, is very familiar um, with JPS, and so I think he'll do a great job as a Family Medicine Clerkship Director. Um, and then uh, the new IM clerkship director is um, Dr. Suresh Kankanala, and many of you know him very well. He rounds at Baylor. I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe a THR. This I may be wading into unknown territory. He has his own group, um, Manticare. So um, Suresh has been a preceptor with us since the first year. And so he is our internal medicine um, clerkship director now instead of Saji, my good friend Saji. Saji, who's out there. Um, Saji is still a preceptor. Hi, Saji. And also, Saji's doing great things for our clinical skills course. Um, so, um, the point of contact in terms of clerkship directors are Jason Magoni for Family Medicine Clerkship Director and Suresh Kankanala for I Am Clerkship Director. And then, if you have any phase three questions, it's um, Dr. Joanna Luke. Um, she is the current. Um, big LAC director and also phase three director. Um, she's also the dean of curriculum. So lots of hats for Dr. Luke, um, but she'd be your physician point of contact for phase three. If it's too hard to keep track of all of these people, and sometimes it can be, um, you can always email mdclerkship at tcu.edu and they'll make sure that your question gets to the right person. Um, so I made my announcement on email about how I'm going to be handing this off. And I think we're very close to um, identifying the new person. Um, I thought it was a, a certain person. And then there's been a, a last minute change. So it's, a, it's a another new person. But, but 
um, is um, not new to JPS, not new to um, the DFW area, I think trained at Southwestern, this person. So um, I'll, I'll be able, I think, to tell more about who I'm handing off to and kind of with the next and really final podcast for me, perhaps they will keep it going. I'm not sure, um, but more to come. Um, so, so I will be handing off in January as I have already talked about here on this podcast. Um, so without further ado, uh, oh, well, you know, the disclaimer, I'm, I'm basically doing a pirate <laughs> broadcast, <laughs> a non-endorsed, um, communication tool is this podcast that I started with Saji way back when, a few years ago. Um, it has morphed as COVID has caused so many changes. Um, it's now just my boring voice you hear, but, um, these views and opinions, they happen to be my own, <laughs> even though I'm using this as a tool for the school of medicine, but no matter they're my own and in no way are endorsed or recognized even <laughs> by the school of medicine. So, so there's that. So that's a disclaimer. Um, now we'll move on to the session objectives, what you'll, you know, hopefully your students show up and they know what they're doing. They know what the focus of the session is. Um, you know, here's no shock. A lot of them, I don't think they look, you know, they don't, they don't come really totally prepared for their time with you. I think they come and, you know, in a way it's in it nice just to show up at clinic and let what magic happen happen. But um, if you notice that your student is in fact not prepared, um, then please, you know, ask them to be prepared. Tell them you expect them to uh, look at the materials in Canvas to have an idea about what they need to accomplish for the session. So here's what I hope um, they're able to do with you today or for your session. Number one, um, we're continuing to focus on those subjective skills. I want them to gather and document a complete medical history and vitals um, for at least one patient in a clinic clinical note per se protocol. When I first built this course, I thought they got kind of the vital session way early. So, but some of them have been doing some vitals with you. And I think soon, or maybe this week, I'm not sure they're going to be doing a vitals focus session. Anyway, I left it in here. So um, they'll be continuing to work on this objective. Um, and really with the next session, um, session eight, they'll start to dip their toe into the objective, but they do know how to take a blood pressure. So obtain or gather and document a complete medical history and vitals for at least one patient in a clinical note per site protocol. So many people notice complete and then they balk, they go, ha ha ha. But you know, if you have a new patient, this is a great way for, you know, to let the student experience what it feels like to gather all of that data or, you know, at least have them review the data. I know that many places have a nicely efficient way of gathering that data. There's a pre-visit questionnaire or, you know, your team will help with some of that gathering some of that information, but just so the student can have some awareness of all of that information that we take into consideration as we meet new people and start to think about them medically. Um, number two would be explain the complete medical history and vitals to the preceptor as oral case presentation. So, you know, just continuing to work on these basic skills. And these are, these are redundant. You know, we've had many of these um, um, objectives for past sessions and this current session and, and sessions to come, where this will be the same, you know, gather and document. So I want them, you know, to write, to work on organizing, um, and presenting, um, information in both written and oral formats. It's a course objective. So, 
So if you know if you didn't get into it before, today is a great day to to revisit um, those those basics. Um, number three, it's just really the focus of today's session is to identify one or two patients to enroll in your patient panel and discuss your plan for continuity with your preceptors. We'll talk about that in a moment, how you're kind of the coach in this process. And then finally, number four, review the problem list of your panel patient with your preceptor. So, you know, I try to get them to notice various items in the EMR, you know, and so the problem list, I think, is something that we all utilize um, um, with most EMRs or, or um, written medical records, if you're still using those. Um, but, you know, this would be a nice chance instead of them having a general review for them to start to, to really um, take a look at the problem list of the patient they're going to follow over time. Maybe in future sessions, they can update the problem list, um, things like that. So, um, you know, to talk more about this panel stuff before the break, uh, I had a chance to sit down with your students, actually Grant Fowler and um, Richard Fulkerson um, joined me. That was kind of fun. I thought Richard Fulkerson was going to be doing this um, for me in January, um, but possibly not. <laughs> anyway, so um, we had a chance to talk with students. And um, in general, they are very much enjoying their time with you. There's a lot of great experience happening out there. And thank you very much. You you make it happen. Um, you know, I, I gave them some tips if, if they felt that the time with you was not as active as they'd like, you know, maybe so hopefully they're approaching some of you, they're ready to, you know, do an interview on their own, they're ready to um, take take a chance or try to, to do a note, you know, and have you review it. Um, so um, we talked about that stuff. Um, and then, you know, I talked a lot about the panel and tried to reduce anxiety about this. Like I've said before, to the group and in other emails. I do think of this as a student's deal. This is not the preceptor's deal. I don't want you to choose their panel patients for them, but you're going to help kind of guide them. So if, you know, this is absolutely the session where you say, so, you know, who are you thinking about to follow as a panel patient? And if they look at you like with, you know, the, the lost look, then okay, then it's nice to help them a little bit. You know, you can kind of think about, suggest maybe some people that would be great. And then and then it it may not it may seem very obvious to you, but it's not going to seem obvious to some of them. Well, once they identify the person, then they have to like reach out to them, and it may involve actually speaking with the person by phone, like calling them. And you know, we absolutely don't want the student to share their own personal cell. So within these some um, guidelines for our medical student panel, there's information on how to set up a Google Voice account so that they can protect. You know, it's kind of understanding these professional relationship boundaries and, you know, in general, not giving out your personal cell. So there's that, you know, you could also show them Doximity Dialer. I use that, you know, quite a bit when I'm doing um, telecare from home. Um, or, you know, they can have some time to um, contact the patient from your clinic. So, you know, give them some tips. They can um, look at that um, panel agreement paper. I think there is a lot of stress out there. Oh my God, they're going to have to like, have the patient sign something and prove that they've enrolled somebody. No, this is, it's, there is no need to obtain a paper. <laughs> They're not turning a paper in. They, you know, there will be an assignment where the new LIC director will ask them, you know, who describe, you know, your, your panel patient that you are wanting to follow and, and why you chose them and what you hope to learn from them. So that will, that will happen around February. And so 
really by the week of the last week, the first week of February, they'll, they'll be, you know, hopefully at that session, they'll be, um, you know, they'll be able to, to articulate who they've chosen and, and, and hopefully have a, a reason why. So, you know, this is all about kind of growing their identity. You know, it, it's pretty easy for a student to show up and passively stand in the corner and, you know, kind of um, count down the minutes and look like and go study again, you know, and, but hopefully they're growing their professional identity and trying to understand there's a lot of great learning to be had by following somebody closely. And there are other rich kind of facets to growing this continuity with a patient. But I, you know, I want them to start to realize that the, the caring that they do for our patients is therapeutic. And so they are a part of the team. They're an authentic member of the care team. And so it, as that happens, as they start to take some ownership for their role, um, I hope neat things happen. Like, you know, they could kind of check in with you and then call the patient and check in. Well, how to go with the cardiologist? How to go with physical therapy? Oh, you didn't connect with something? Okay, I'll get back with Dr. Witten and then, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. Or, you know, in future sessions, hopefully, you know, they'll discuss some lab results with you, the preceptor, and then, you know, they'll call the patient and they'll, They'll, um, they'll understand like, well, why did we order this test? And then they'll be able to like tell the patient, well, it's totally normal. And, you know, later on, I'm not saying in this first year, but maybe in clerkship and beyond, you know, then they'll be able to maybe discuss a test was not so normal. Like, oh, your LDL is like 192, you know, and that's, well, that's a very high LDL. And what do we, what do, we do with that? You know, so later on, they're, they're just with your supervision. They're another member of the care team, which I think is great. Um, so hopefully they're thinking about, okay, well, how can I actively bring this person back? So the next time I'm in clinic, they're in clinic too, or how can I, how can I not forget about them check in on stuff? So that's what this session is all about. Like, you know, talking about ways to facilitate continuity. Um, and it's also a nice rewind skills check, kind of go back. Where's your student struggling? Are they just, you know, you know, if you directly observe their interviewing and they're just still not that comfortable with open-ended questioning, or they just don't have a great uh, strategy for setting an agenda, especially, you know, that's a challenge, I think, for my patients. There is this perception of scarcity. I've waited so long to get in to see you. Um, I have eight things, you know, this is, this is, we need to do all these things today. And, you know, talking about agenda setting and how you do that. All that's pretty valuable and a nice opportunity today to just to think about, well, what does your student want to work on? Where, what do we need to go back? Look, you could look at skills about what's what's pending or not assessed and and try to do some of that stuff. I, I heard, you know, there's a lot of interest. They, they do want to try to get in on the EMR. Um, if you're a GPS preceptor and you have a first year student, your student can absolutely document in the EMR. Yes. And gosh, it's the lowest stakes note they'll ever write because it gets gets dumped before the, the note is processed for billing. So it's like it never happened. Um, so, you know, I, they can they can write and write, you know, and, and you don't have to attest it because it just gets dumped for the first year student. Um, that being said, they just have to sign it or else you can't close the encounter. I think that's the major bummer. But, um, you know, there's a really low barrier to get them in there and kind of thinking about how to interact both with the EMR, all that information and your patient. If you're not a JPS, a larger system, you know, of course I defer to your local protocols, 
but I, I do think there is some value in, in having them acquire some comfort um, with this. Many of them were scribes. They have a scribe mentality. And so part of this year is sort of moving them away from that scribe mentality. Like they'll, they'll submit assignments for me and I'll be like normal, 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 normal. And I tell them, whoa, I don't accept normal from you. You know, if you have to, you have to articulate, you have to document what was normal. You know, was it a regular rate and rhythm, normal S1 and S2, no gallops, murmurs, and rods? Okay, that I'll take, but not cardiovascular exam normal. No, I will not take that. So I, I hope you, you also hold them their feet to the fire for those standards. Um, you know, for faculty development for this uh, session, um, we talked about um, we talked about um, uh, some feedback, and I think you know now is a great time to think about feedback with them. I once heard an anecdote about a student who was on a rotation and and this was a group. The group was discussing how uh, the preceptor on this rotation um, identified an issue. Really, the big theme is a professionalism issue, probably minor professionalism issue, but still no matter. And and then the group started talking about how they wondered if, you know, in general, this this applied to other students and and how, you know, and how they were going to possibly address the large group of students. And I, and, you know, part of me, my heart sank because the preceptor in the situation did not choose to address it with the student directly. Instead, they anonymously reported, they said they didn't want to get the student in trouble and they reported it to the um, people who are in charge. And, and really, because they hoped that someone else would address it, right? So what a missed opportunity. Um, so, and then as the group is kind of talking and they're focusing on that specific student behavior and group student behavior, and then and then how they're gonna, you know, well, they're just gonna have to talk to the group. And another part of me thought, again, another missed opportunity because probably the target of that feedback is 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 in all reality, probably not even gonna realize that the, the feedback is for them. You know, in the group and general feedback is, is generally worthless, you know? I think it is most valuable, that gift of feedback when it's done. Of course, you want to do it in a way that respects people's privacy and doesn't call them out, of course, but um, you need to give it specifically to the student. So um, a missed opportunity for growth for the student. And I just, I want to empower you to give the gift of feedback to our students. I know it, it takes time. It's not comfortable to give this type of feedback, but it's vital in my humble opinion, as a medical educator, to trust your gut, you know, um, when you, you, you know, when it doesn't, when it's not right, and you have the courage to address the issues once you're identifying them. I'm not saying it's all on you, but if you're the first one to notice something, a behavior, they're showing up late all the time, something, um, they're not neatly dressed, you know, they look, they look like they're not respecting the patient, please be the first one to try to at least to address it. Um, the New England Journal in 2019 had a great article about this very issue. It was called uh, aptly titled Kicking the Can Down the Road. I sent it in the newsletter. Um, you know, I have to say, if you notice that the student is auscultating the heart over like the throat or something like the, the over the cricoid cartilage or, or you know, they've got it absolutely in the wrong place. I know that you would likely not hesitate to make the correction. We, you know, we also know that professionalism is the most difficult competency to remediate. 
So if you notice an issue, please don't don't hesitate to address it. You know, I, I virtually attended a, a Principles of Med Ed conference last year. It was fantastic. And I also included in the newsletter a really nice graphic that shows the levels of inter intervention for professionalism. So it's nice to look at. So that first level with you, that informal or that formative feedback essentially is, you know, it's called the coffee cup intervention. And I really want to empower you to, to do that. If, if there is no change, if the student doesn't respond to your feedback, then, you know, by no means, by, by all means, sorry, by all means, don't hesitate to let me know, because I think, you know, then it becomes time to take it to the next level. We have coaches, those students have coaches, there's all sorts of people, student affairs, there's a lots of people who are um, really around to support the student and to help identify, you know, try to understand the issue and then address it. I just finally have to say, you know, a genuine strength of our LIC is this longitudinal nature of mentoring professional relationships with you. And you, out of all of us, you are in the best place to directly observe and contribute to the professional formation of our students. So, you know, please don't kick the can. <laughs> um, so debrief after sessions, it's a great place to build the habit of feedback and um, you know, Miller of Miller's permit, Pyramid said, you know, assessment drives learning. I honestly believe that. I think the problem is we just probably most of us didn't get a lot of great feedback or useful feedback or probably didn't have teachers who did this very well. You know, and I, I can do this better. We can all do this better. So um, I send some tips um, for feedback and with a newsletter. I just challenge you um, for that next session, you know, pick one and try it out. So I think, I think um, I've talked enough for today. Uh, again, um, your students will be coming back next week. And please, if you have any questions or concerns, um, don't hesitate to let me know. Thank you very much. Bye.